Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, you're here and I'm so glad. Welcome to Business of Design, a teaching community and online learning platform for dedicated design pros like you and like me. Trust me, I have been teaching Business of Design professional strategies and procedures since 2005 and I learned so much from this community. I really feel rewarded by the interactions I have with all of you, and I can't do my job as a professional interior designer without you, and I wouldn't want to. In episode 61, you're going to meet someone I like and admire so much, Laura Martin Bovard. Laura started LMB Interiors from her dining room table as a solopreneur and a new mom in 2002. She has since then grown her firm into a multi-million dollar business, currently employing six additional designers plus a design assistant, expediter, marketing director, and design intern. So clearly, Laura's doing something right. Laura's passionate about beautiful interior design, but equally passionate about self-care and spiritually conscious personal and business growth and how these things intersect. Laura and I, when we spoke, wasted no time getting right to the heart of what matters most to all of us, and that is building strong relationships so we can better do our work. Relationships with trades, relationships with the suppliers, but also relationships with those people closest to us, even our spouses. The work we do is vital. It's important work. We make the world a more beautiful place, one room at a time. But we're also going to ask you to maybe expand a narrow definition of beauty to include the gift we have for planning, organizing, and creating highly functional spaces. We're going to get personal. Laura is going to share some of her own life experiences and how she chose to see setbacks and brick walls as an opportunity rather than a dead end. Honestly, I can't say enough nice things about this talented Bay Area designer. So listen in and make sure then to follow Laura on Instagram at LMB Interiors and also at Divine Hustler. This is her side hustle where she shares more specifically on her journey to be a spiritual entrepreneur. You're also going to hear us refer to a letter she wrote to a younger version of herself, to designers who are up and coming. That letter will be available at businessofdesign.com. The conversation with Laura was so satisfying for me personally. We decided to break it into two parts. I really wanted you to be able to savor the message and take it in and really think about how you can begin to implement immediately, if not sooner. Part two of the conversation will be episode 64, and that's coming to you in just three short weeks. Before you meet Laura, let's hear from the lovely Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, did you have a great Mother's Day? I did. I did. We had beautiful weather. So uh, outside the whole day, everybody running around. It was great. Uh, Well-deserved. I'm so happy. That's, that's terrific. We've got some exciting things coming up for Business of Design. In fact, you are going to be taking over the command and doing the next webinar. Tell everybody about it. 
Yeah, while you're off traveling, um, on May 30th, our usual one to two um, time slot, uh, EST, um, I will be doing a webinar uh, specifically on membership, our Facebook community. So many people that are joining that are just hearing about business of design or didn't realize that there was a membership and um, our active members, you know, they're constantly referring to content and stuff that they're learning. So I'm going to jump on for an hour. People can come and go and um, just ask their questions, find out what membership is. If you're already a member, if you've got any sort of questions about your account, any of the content that's on there, how to do any of it, or just the benefits of membership, I'm going to jump on there for an hour and answer everyone's questions. It's funny because we've been together so long. Um, many of the questions that we get repeatedly, Cheryl can answer as well as I can. So it, it may also be that if you have a specific question about uh, a project that's ongoing, Cheryl can give you the answer or direct you to the proper course. But we were both surprised yeah. at how many people are finding us through the podcast and they don't realize that we have a website with hundreds of courses that tell them how to do the project management. It'll be good to meet some meet some new people um, from that community that I've been chatting with online. So that'll be fun. I love it. Super fun. Okay. And as predicted, we have a single spot open for Palm Springs. Life happens. Someone had to back out. We totally yes. understand. We've got quite a few people saying, I might be joining you, but they haven't pulled the trigger yet. So one spot left. Yes, I've been talking to about four or five designers that are all just, you know, asking questions and just getting ready to take that step. But we need somebody to claim that last spot. So um, registration is open for at least this week. So jump on there and grab it. If you happen to go to the site and we've closed registration because we filled that spot, please still get in touch with me. We are going to create a wait list for the event because, again, life happens. So you still may be able to get in if you do see that registration is closed. Very exciting. I am really looking forward to that. You have a great week. Thank you so much. You too. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. And now, back to the show. Laura, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I know you're crazy busy with projects and work and TV show stuff and all the wonderful things you do, and I'm so happy you're here. Well, I couldn't be more delighted. It's been something I've been really looking forward to, and I'm super excited that the, the day to talk to you is here. I can't even begin to tell you how inspired I feel after coming back from High Point. You, what you're doing for women and leadership in our community is you are a rock in my world. It's just awesome. <laughs> that is incredible so because I just read your letter to younger designers and I was like, 
oh my gosh, this would have been like, I would have run into your arms had I read this when I'd started out. So I think this is amazing. So listen, we were meant to be friends, I think is the bottom line. Oh my gosh. I, I, it's so funny because I, I have this, um, I, I don't know how much I've told you about my other side hustle, which is the divine hustler. But, um, I work with this woman who is so fired up to bring the sisterhood of women together. And I realized that for me, it's about wanting to target our niche of interior designers because this business has grown me into the person that I've become today. And I really feel so passionate about helping other women um, realize that what you're doing, Kimberly, like being in the energy of sharing resources and lifting each other up and, you know, telling, sharing inside secrets. It's like, there's nothing, there's enough for everyone, right? You know, Mm -hmm. energy just keeps expanding and growing. And the more that we as leaders for younger designers can step in and say, Hey, your world is an out picturing of what you're putting out there. And so like that little gal at high point who said, inside," it's like, you know, it's like, who do, who do you want to attract is who you need to become. And that's what this business can do for us as women. And the more we bring each other up and more we bring each other along, that's, that's in our nature as women to friend and befriend. It's what we do. It's not how men do it. You know, they're not, it's not the, you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Anyway. Well, the thing is, I think there are more, um, there are more mechanisms in place for men to learn business from a younger age in more thoroughly than there are for women. There is still a kind of a glass ceiling. Um, yeah. And, and our business is becoming, you know, it's heavily weighted with females running companies that do interior design work. And traditionally in any business where that is true, the pay is less, the work hours are longer, the sacrifices are greater. And we're all just kind of awakening to the fact that, wait a minute, I am a primary source of income for my family and the work that I do matters. So um, let's just start taking ourselves seriously. Exactly. We don't know what we're capable of. And I think that's why it's so important for us to be telling younger women, I didn't know, you know, sometimes you have to take a leap and just let go and trust. Like for 10 years of my marriage, my husband was going through what I call his midlife awakening. It lasted a long time. And anyone could have said, oh my gosh, this is just so horrible. You're having to support your young family and what's going on with your husband. And at the time, I got resentful, but resentment was keeping me small. It was keeping me mad. It was keeping me stuck. And then when I realized like, wait a second, it's not my job to fix that for him. I'm going to go on and do my own thing. He wanted me to be my best self. He just didn't know how to find his best self, but the solution's always in the problem. So when I went and found my best self, uh, Sure enough, it organized for him to find his best self, but my business never would have grown to this level had I had somebody else's income to rely on. And then I saw what I was made of. My husband's certainly a lot more of a private person than I am, but we actually had a conversation this morning about this. And I said, you know, I think that as a couple who has grown through some pretty challenging times that our story could really help other young couples see that they're able 
to journey through their own growth and find themselves by making each other right and understanding that we all have shortcomings as humans. And so when I talk about the stress that we went through in those early years, when I started my business off my dining table, I had a new little toddler and another one about to be on the way. And then the, the, like you referenced this in your business, like the business tanked and his business tanked and dried up and he got depressed and he was not knowing how to provide for his family and had sort of not, I mean, he loves me and so supportive of me and has been all along the way, but kind of referred to my business as a hobby. And when was I going to take it seriously? And I, that just made me so mad. And I was like, I'll show you. I'm going to, I am <laughs> serious about this. And I, I, you know, in a way it was the thing that kind of lit a fire under my butt because I'm an achiever. I really like to say yes to life in a big way. And that was true even back then. And had I known what I was about to go through, I may not have had the courage to do it. And I'm glad I didn't see what was ahead because we, we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And sometimes life just organizes for our growth and for us to step outside of ourselves and rise to a new level. But if we know what's coming, it seems scary. But then lo and behold, I, you know, you look back and you're like, I can't believe I pulled that off. And that's how I feel about my business now. It's like, I look at what I, what's been created and I just cannot even believe that it is where it is. And it is directly related to my own personal growth. Like the more I open, the more I share resources, the more I help others, the more I am really truthful um, and honest with my clients and my vendors and the more integrity I have, it's just things just keep getting better and better and better. And I'm like, wow, it's momentum. It's taken over at this point. It is momentum. And and you're so right. And what we say to people all the time, it doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur, if you make your business excellent, it elevates the entire industry. Just, just like when you, got to your best self. It elevated your marriage. So it works on an individual basis, but it also works in teams and it works in whole communities and whole industries. And our industry is kind of, has been sort of stranded in this, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of mired down by a lot of talk that is self-pitying. Uh, poor us. It's not fair. The vendors are selling to clients. The clients are DIYing. People are watching HGTV. It's not realistic. Like you can stay stuck in that forever if you choose to, right? And I mean, I I dabbled in self-pity myself. It's it's pretty ugly. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, if you step up and take the challenge and say, you know what? No, that, that is, I'm not going down that path. I'm going down this other path. This other path looks hard, but the upshot of it is I'm going to change my life and change my business and begin to take myself seriously. Well, I mean, you are, you just said it a hundred percent. I think we teach others how to treat us. Like it's our job to say that's okay or that's not okay. And the victim story, I mean, that, that is just so old, you know, it's like, come on, you know, the life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And until you wake up and realize that you're going to have a crappy life. It's just, I've been there. I I was writing um, something the other day about how I grew up in a household where my, my dad was 
the, the biggest victim ever. And I swore I would never be that person, but I did become that person. And I was so, you know, when I was in that resentment phase of feeling so sorry for myself that my husband was, you know, having a rough spell and I was a young mom and we were just barely making ends meet. And I felt so victimized and had no, no idea how to get myself out of it. But it's, it's, it's a day-to-day practice of waking up and telling life what you want and getting yourself in a place where you can go out and give your gifts. If you let, you know, client difficulties or things, if you think that's happening to you, then you're, you're thinking only about yourself and not about the rest of the world. Like we get so focused on our own myopic, (laughs) you know, going down internal and it's like, we need to help each other in this business. And part of that is holding each other accountable to play a bigger game and to tell more empowering stories, you know, and I, I'm with you. Like I, I see that. And I think that's also the benefit of getting older. Yeah, it is. There, there are, there are some big benefits of getting older and something that really caught my eye is the letter that you wrote to your young designer sisters and brothers um, with, with the perspective of someone who's been doing this a while and started at the bottom and is now finding herself in a place where, I mean, you are having all kinds of success. You're having financial success, emotional success, public success. And it's just, it's thrilling to watch it. And I love that you want to reach your hand out to those young designers and tell them, here's what you need to, to know. So tell yeah. me how the letter came about and what is it that you want to tell people? And by the way, when, when I say young designers, and I'm sure when you say young designers too, you're really not referring to age. You're referring to people who are on the path a little bit behind you, right? I mean, you, exactly. could, you could be in this yeah. business 40 years and still not making money and still not right. owning your value. Um, and so you're speaking to all of those people. So tell me what you had in mind when you wrote that beautiful letter. Well, I have, I I mentioned earlier um, that my, I have this passion to be inspiring the world with using spiritual and self-care practices to become a better version of ourselves, right? And so out of that was born my side hustle, which is the divine hustler. And I've I've used that my hashtag come home to yourself with a capital S as a bridge between those two, because it gives access to everyone who's going through any time in their life where they think that they're alone or they think that they have to do it on their own. You, Kimberly, you've created this community where it's a go-to. I tell everybody I know who's just getting started in interior design, people will call me and say, hey, how did you do this? What do you have going on? And I say, you know what? Do yourself a favor. If you're actually starting your own business, just go listen to Business of Design. Like even after 15 years in this industry, I'm still learning things from you and the generosity of your spirit of sharing your 15-step program, of bringing on all these different perspectives in the industry. Like I, I learned something from every single podcast that I listen to from you and I want to spread it. And that's kind of the thing, like women, we rise each other up and we want to help each other grow. And I I just want to do that for anyone who's new in the industry, who thinks they want to do it the way that I've done it. I want to say to them, you know, I'm here for you and how can I do it? And I I haven't quite figured out how to, um, to do it in a, in a wide you know, with a wider audience, but I do it for my immediate Bay Area community. And I get 
pinged and I love social media. I'm just, I'm in love with the gift that it's been for all of us to connect to each other. I mean, it brought me to your, you know, to your podcast and it has connected to me to a lot of other people. And when I go on trips like the one we did for High Point, and then also I've gone on some other incentive programs, which if you're in the industry long enough, these vendors will take you on these amazing incentive programs to learn about their prod, uh, their products. And that's been so super fun because when I go on those, those trips, I find the thing that energizes me almost more than talking about the world of interior design is about is talking about how we can raise our standards and be better humans for ourselves, our families, the, our clients, our vendors, and, and our communities. And that's the thing that is, you know, come home to yourself is that gap between, it bridges rather between the divine hustler and L&B interiors. Right. And that, that's my jam. <laughs> I like your jam. And I, I remember <laughs> those dark, dark days when I felt so alone and I felt like such a phony and such a fraud because I had clients, but I wasn't making them happy. But of course, you don't go to a party and tell people you're not making your clients happy. You you lie. And every lie was a, a psychic wound, uh, you know, that I felt intensely. Um, and so thank you. I'm happy you found Business of Design. But I will tell you, Business of Design grew organically around my need to know that I'm not alone. Please don't make me do mm-hmm. Hard work all by myself. I can't do this alone. Um, and it sounds like for you too that it's ha- it happened organically. And one of the things that just strikes me as as being, you know, there's so many reasons we stay stuck. But one of the things that happens a lot in our industry um, are is the fact that you might be married with someone and your spouse has a great job, and you can afford forward, quote unquote, to treat this like a hobby. And it is such a disservice to yourself to do that. Even if your salary is a second salary, a supplementary salary, even if you are so rich, you still deserve to know that you can build a thriving business that prospers financially, emotionally, and spiritually, right? I mean, doesn't that feel good? So true because so what if it's your spouse's income that's supporting? There's nothing more satisfying to any individual, whether you're a man or a woman, to make your own money, to charge your own value. And guess who gets to decide what your value is? You get to decide. I used to, you know, look outside of myself to the world because growing up in my household, I got approved of if I was being perfect. I got approved of if I doing what my parents, and so I constantly looking to my clients for their approval, whether or not I am worth what I decide I'm worth. And I was constantly looking outside of myself. Now I decided for myself. And guess what? I, I raised my rates. I raised my rates again after we went to High Point, after that great um, round table that we did. And then I have recently I've heard things coming out of my mouth to clients. Like I have a friend who's an architect who I did some work for and he said, Oh, I don't want to pay for that. Um, you know, I didn't get permission and from permission for this certain work. And I said, you most certainly did. You asked specifically for those things to be done and you're going to be charged for that. And I yes. said it in the nicest way. I mean, I, I put out the energy, but I feel resolved, like no way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you not paying? For that? And that's why I have a retainer. 
you get your value today. And when you get your value, the confidence grows and it grows and it grows. And you're able to plant your feet and say, you certainly did request those things and you will be charged for those things. That comes from knowing your value and having the confidence. And I love what you said in this letter. You said, interior designers are beauty makers. We are hand holders and problem solvers for our clients. People who want to make a change in their spaces that invites them and the people who enter their spaces to their highest and best selves. And then, then you went on to say, the world needs us. Let's talk about that because I, one of the problems I see over and over again is this idea that what we do isn't important and anybody could do what we do really. So, so talk to me about that. Why does the world need us? Well, I mean, I don't want to get too woo-woo on you, but that's always where I go. I think that beauty is the closest thing to source and we all are moving at such a fast pace. We are also drinking this you know, cultural trance that we're in, that we have to do more and be more and push and push and push. And when we help our clients by creating these homes that are beautiful, whatever beauty is for them, and that's what we are, we channel that and we interpret it in a way that will help them become their future selves. That when we create those environments that are full of beauty, it gives them the container to recover, to rest, to rejuvenate, to gather their tribe. And that's what I consider myself is that I, I am a tribe maker. I want to create environments where people will allow themselves to connect more deeply with themselves and also with their families. And I think we're all so hungry for that. I think everyone wants to be in it together in a home environment, you know, using our outdoors more gathering our people together because our spirits need it. <laughs> it's just, we can't keep up at this pace. It's exhausting. And so right. being a beauty maker comes with the responsibility of knowing that your, your energy, your soul, your gifts are infusing the spaces that you design. And it's a response. I take it. It's a huge responsibility. And I think that even, and it is a luxury industry that we're in, Kimberly, right? Like not everyone can afford an interior designer. And you, you mentioned HGTV, which I'm, do, I, I, I went to the dark side. We talked about this. At I know. Point. And I'm going to, I want to hear all about the show and everybody's going to want to know the stories. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, but well, so maybe this is entree into it. So did that answer your question about the responsibility of being a beauty maker? It does. And I want to ask, can the definition of beauty be expanded to include functional and safe and like all those. Sometimes when when I hear the word beauty, I think of um, aesthetics, the exterior, but I think beauty can also be how something functions and how well it's organized and how quickly it gets you out the door in the morning. And you can see in your closet, you can tell the difference between your Navy pants and your, and your black pants because you have proper lighting. And so, so it's, it's about about beauty aesthetics, but it's also about the beauty of a space that functions well. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think Having structures in place and quality systems in place settles our survivor down, you know, that reptilian part of our brain when there's mess and chaos and disorder, it kind of sends us running in this sort of like 
frenetic energy, but when we have a system and we have less, when we simplify and minimize and only have things in our home that we really love, objects that we really love, things that matter and systems that are ordered and support our busy lives, that is beauty for sure. It Absolutely. Is. I, I have a nephew that I, I just adore and he's and he's got an incredible story. If you guys wanna wanna be inspired beyond your wildest dreams, Google Jim Gilliam, Nation Builder, watch his TED talk and uh internet is my religion. Uh it, it will move you, I promise you. And Jim helped me in a fundamental way because I said to him, you know, what he's been through in his life and and who he inspires and how he inspires. And I said, I'm just in awe of that. And I always felt like, here I come, this, his aunt, who's the designer and everything I do is kind of superficial. And he turned and he said, what, what are you talking about? He said, if you make the home of a surgeon function well, so he can come home at night and put his feet up and have time with his family and be recharged. And then the next day he goes into the office where he performs the surgery and that's what he was meant to do in life. Don't you see how you contribute to the world? I mean, whoa. Oh my God. I I'm never, about to cry. Right? I totally um, am tearing up. I, I, my nephew. Like, I, I want to marry her. <laughs> he he's the most special guy in the entire world so I can't say enough about how you'll you'll love to meet him and know him but isn't that crazy so he's not an interior designer and I was feeling all like sheepish about what I do and he just boom he just gave me my purpose in life and I realized what you said you know that you take the commitment seriously it's an honor and it's a privilege to enter a client's life and I can do more than make a space pretty so much more I, I took my staff, uh, one of our vendors that we've given a lot of business to, um, her, it's Arana Craftsman Painters. And Catherine, the owner of that business, recognized the, the value and the beauty of what we do at l Interiors, which is the focus is really on finding your unique gifts within the, the, you know, within the structure of the business and then really allowing each person to flourish as their unique self. And she knows we do a lot of team building. We get coaching every Thursday. We all need shoulders to stand on. I think having a coach is hands down one of the best investments I've ever made. And Anna Scott is my coach and man, is she the bomb. Catherine sent our team up to this place in Calistoga here in the wine country called Indian Springs. And we spent the weekend luxuriating in in the mineral baths. And then we took an hour and we wrote our mission statement together as a firm. And our commitment was that we are looking for clients who are lifelong relationships. So that helped me get so clear. When I go to new client meetings since that weekend, this week I've been to two new client meetings, I walked in and I thought, if I don't want to have these people dining at my table or being a part of my tribe in my relationship, in a relationship for life, as long as my business is going, then they're not for me. We also did a company uh, mission statement, which was really illuminating for me and super helpful. So I think it's a really good idea to do to do one yourself. Don't not do one because you don't have a team who works for you. 
definitely do one yourself, but it's how, what a great idea to do it together as a team. And I know we got all sidetracked, but I definitely want to hear about your HGTV rise to stardom. Tell me where you're at and tell us about the show and what's going on. Oh my gosh. What a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I have to say, I mean, I'm going to just repeat a little bit of what you and I talked about at high point, which is to say that initially when I was um, approached by them, I said, no way on God's green earth am I doing an HGTV show. That's not my market. It's not my audience. I'm not doing it. And then as I got a little deeper into the conversation with the producer, the executive producer, who was out of the gate, felt like a long lost sister. Like we started talking about homeschooling and traveling and she just was a love. And so, so when she started talking to me about it and sharing a little bit more, I started, my ears started to perk up because I've made an agreement with myself that I will lay down my judgments or perceptions about things until I hear the other perspective. And as I did, I heard another perspective, which is why not just do this for the fun of it? And why not do it for the fun of it? When am I going to ever have the opportunity to be on national television again? I don't know. And so um, the show is for HGTV's Property Brothers, and they came to the Bay Area for their Brother versus Brother um, season six. And it airs, um, I don't know when this is, your podcast is going to air, but it's uh, Wednesday, May 23rd is the the first episode. And what, what, the pull that, you know, kind of the, the conflict for me is that I am very vocal about wanting to resource products that are quality products that are hopefully made locally. I'm very big on not carting things on containers across the ocean and increasing our carbon footprint. I want to have conscious consumerism. That's very important to me. And I also knew that this was going to be an opportunity for my team to get a whole new skill set that we didn't have before, which was to fast track doing a whole remodel and then selecting everything from the mailboxes and the exterior colors all the way down to the napkin rings because we had to source online and it became, um, it pushed us. You know, right? We're used to going into high-end showrooms and everything we select is beautiful. Like having to weed through things that aren't so beautiful and and select for things that felt authentic and felt home, you know, hand done and felt it had that energy of authenticity and quality and to have to curate the environment to look that way. And also a lot of our great vendors that we use, like Arteriors and um, Blue Dot, you know, some of those lower end retail. Um, were available to us as well. So it's, you know, it it was a mixed bag, but in the end, not one regret. I had an absolute blast. The brothers were as down to earth and lovely as you could possibly imagine. They included us. There was lots of playful texting back and forth and um, a super fun experience. I'm so glad. It airs on, um, it's Pacific, I believe, 9 p.m. I'm going to have to verify that, but that's what I've been told. And it's, um, it's runs for six weeks and it starts May 23rd. 
Okay. We'll definitely so, post a link on business of design so everybody can find you and cheer for you and root for you. And uh, I think it's great that you were willing to challenge yourself. And there's an, an expression I read many years ago, uh, that the surest way to keep you in ignorance is contempt prior to investigation. Ooh. Not good. That's good so that's what you checked in yourself. You said, hmm, I'm going to try it before I say this is not for me. And it turns out you had a great experience and I've heard nothing but nice things about the brothers. So that's lovely too. Uh, and, um, and, and in my experience too, you know, there have been many times when we've tackled something I wasn't sure about, but we learned to be more efficient or, or it was just fun. And that's okay too. Just fun is okay too. Yeah. I was just going to say one other thing, which is I have to be very clear that I was selected as the lead designer, not as the designer, if you know what I'm saying. I think um, I know what you're saying. I think you're saying that the brothers are the designers, but there are a whole bunch of really hardworking, professional interior design people behind them. Exactly. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> TV is its own funny world. And one day we'll have to, to talk about, uh, we'll have to do a podcast just about that because uh, it's a really fun and rewarding and exciting world. But I, I'm, I will say that um, if you can embrace some of the systems and procedures we talk about at Business of Design, and if you can join a community of peers who is mature and wants to bring each other up to a new level, I think you can have a business that is every bit as rewarding as being on national television and a, a whole bunch more financially rewarding, that's for sure. 100%, yeah. Laura, I could speak to you forever. I love that you're sharing stories from the trenches, actual ongoing work that's happening, and how you're solving some of the challenges that we all face um, so generously. So thank you for that. We like to end every episode with design intervention. And this is really an opportunity for you to speak to those designers who are not quite as far down the path. What would you say to them is something that they should immediately, if not sooner, embrace? Well, I will tell you that the thing that has made the hugest difference in the business at LMB Interiors is that from a very early early time, like the, within the first couple of years, I started getting my projects professionally photographed. And it was a huge investment that I kept thinking, gosh, is it, should I really be doing this or not? And I have no regrets at this point. I think one of the things that has been stated more clearly than any other thing about our business is when people go to our website, they, they all come away with the same kind of commentary, which is your, your website is so robust. Your work is so gorgeous. You can tell that you take the projects all the way to the end. See, you have a wide range, but everything feels very warm and very livable. And that is really because of all the investment I have put into the brand, both in terms of photography and also having, you know, an excellent uh, team on, on the back end. My, my web programmer, Mike Waters, is just a genius and he keeps that stuff dialed for me. I'm um, I'm, and I'm happy to share all my resources. And the website is lmbinteriors.com. You've got a section for residential. You've got a section for commercial. Um, I love that you have a tab on your website, Praise. That's a great way to handle testimonial and 
all those beautiful things. I, I might want to copy that. Will you? Because we're just relaunching Kimberly Selden Design Group. I can I steal praise? Oh, you can. Anything that's out, it, it belongs. We're just borrowing all this stuff while we're here so on this true. planet, Kimberly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also I want to call attention also to our blog because I write a monthly blog and I'm about to for the next six weeks going to maybe doing behind the scenes. Uh, pictures and commentary about the fun that we had on the back end of the Brother versus Brother project. So that'll be coming up on the blog. So that's part one, an inside job. Look for part two, three weeks from now, episode 64. And a big thank you to Laura. Have a great week and let's stay in touch through Business of Design. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.